If this is your first time at Faith Bible Church, I want to say welcome to our church uh, and hope that this is the first of many times uh, that you join us in worship. If you're joining us by television, I want to say welcome to FBC. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time to worship with us. We're continuing our series called Roll Call. Know your role in the family. And this morning, I want to speak to us about family in general. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 7, it reads this way. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4 reads this way. It says, let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of who? Others. Come on, of who? Others. Others. Then he says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7 says, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeliness of men. Got a question for you, FBC. If you were to say that all of us spend our lives searching for one thing that would make us whole, if you were, I were to ask you uh, what you wanted most in life, what would your answer be? Come on, talk to me. Love. Somebody else. Peace. Somebody else. What'd you say? Peace. Happiness. Come on. Kids. All right. Jesus. Security. Health. One more. Give me one more. Money. There we go. Somebody being honest. <laughs> a study went out that asked this very same question. And they got a whole lot of answers. But at the end of the day, a lot of answers, just like the answers we just heard, happiness, love, money, uh, my kids. Somebody said at the last service, I want my kids to be happy. I said, I want my kids to be unhappy. I'm just kidding. I don't want my kids to be, but it depends on the day you catch me. But the reason why we look for all of these things is because all of us are on a desperate search for peace. And the reason why we look for money, the reason why we look for happiness, the reason why we look we want our kids to be in a certain condition. The reason why we want our families to be in a certain condition or position is because we are all on a desperate search for peace. But the problem with peace is that we look for it a lot of times in all of the wrong places. The truth be told, we've been sold a bill of goods when it comes down to true peace. True peace doesn't come from our situation. It doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from the people that we're in relationship with. 
There's only one place and one place only to find true peace, and that is in the person and character of God. Galatians 5 tells us, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, and what's the third one? Peace. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. And hear me when I say this. It cannot be manufactured. It cannot be created by us. We can't find it in the things that we have. If we get the desires of our heart and yet we are not connected to the true source of peace, we still won't find peace. Why do you think it is that many of your or some of your desires have already been met and yet you still have this desperate search for more of your desires to be met? The reason why is because peace doesn't come from stuff or from circumstances. Peace only comes from God. And whether we realize it or not, all of us are on this search for the exact same thing. Even in our families, we want peace. But just like in other areas, we go about getting it in all of the wrong ways. We want peace in our home. But we're looking for it the wrong way. We think the way to get peace in our home is to get the other people in our family to do what we want. We think the way to get peace in our home is by bending everybody in our family to our will. We think that the key to peace in our lives is getting the people that we love to do things the way we want them to do it. And that's just not the way to get peace. The reason why is because peace only comes from God. And even if we get them, we win, and we get them to do what we want them to do, we control them or we manipulate them or we deceive them or whatever into doing what we want them to do, we still won't find the peace that we're looking for. When we get one thing taken care of, something else going to pop up. You get that thing taken care of, then something else going to pop up. You get them to acting right this way, and they go to acting crazy that way. You get them to living right this way and they start living wrong the other way. Why? Because peace in your family and in your home is not dependent upon other people. Peace in your family and in your home, guess who it's dependent upon? You. Said that Lady Astor and Winston Churchill did not get along at all. One day Lady Astor said to Winston Churchill, if you were my husband, I would put poison in your coffee. Winston Churchill responded, and if you were my wife, I would drink it. <laughs> it's hard to have peace with some people. It's hard for some people to have peace between them. And watch this. A lot of times we convince ourselves that the key to our peace is through somebody else, especially as it relates for family, to family. And as much as they might be foolish enough to try to jump through enough hoops to give it to us, guess what? At the end of the day, other people, even the people in our family, can't give us peace. We try to make other people responsible for our peace. 
and other people can wish peace upon you. They can pray peace for you. They can even choose not to disturb your peace. But other people cannot give you peace. They're not responsible for it. And by the way, why would you give somebody else that much control over your life anyway? There's only one way to get peace. And that is when it comes from God. Here's the other thing about peace. Peace has a price. Not for the other people in your family, but for you. And a lot of times the mistake we make is by making the other people in our family pay the price for our peace. No one should have to pay the price for your peace. The only person who can truly pay the price for your peace is you. The price for peace is not for them, it's for you. And the problem in many of our families is that we want to make other people pay the price. What does it cost me, Pastor? The first thing your peace in your family is going to cost you is your self-centeredness. The second thing it's going to cost you is your selfishness. The third thing it's going to cost you is your self-inflated ego. Peace has a cost. Not for the people around you, but for you. Peace has a price, and the price of peace is, get this, letting go of yourself and allowing God to take control. Let me say that again. The price of peace in your family is letting go of yourself and allowing God to take control. The key to peace is not getting your way. The key to peace is allowing God to have his way. The key to peace in your home is not you gaining control. The key to peace in your home is allowing the Holy Spirit to have control. And the reason why we look to get our needs met as opposed to meeting the needs of other people in our family is because we've all bought a lie that says demanding and getting what we want and need from other people is going to bring us peace. And I'm here to ask you a question. How's that worked out for you so far? Watch what Philippians says. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or what? Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. You know the crazy part about this whole thing? A lot of times when we hear verses like this, we apply it to everywhere but the home. We see let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. We take it to work. We bring it to church. We apply it to everywhere but our houses. But you know where it matters most? In the home. You know where it matters most? At the house. Listen, listen, listen. If you put yourself to the side and humble yourself and serve other people at the church, but you refuse to put yourself to the side, and serve other people at your house, your religion is a falsehood. Your religion is phony. It's fake as a $3 bill. 
in the home is where it counts. But you know the reason why we don't do it in the home? The reason why we don't do it in the home is because there's oftentimes no recognition for it in the home. See, in the home, nobody's going to say, oh, you're doing so good. Oh, you're such a wonderful servant. In the home, nobody is going to give us a raise. We're not going to get an employee of the year award. In the home, the pastor is not going to make us stand up and say, they serve us so diligently, give them a hand. Ain't nobody doing that at home. Most of the time, when we do it at home, it gets overlooked, underappreciated, and a lot of times it's not even recognized. That's why we don't do it at home. Some of y'all sitting there thinking right now, yep, that's just why I be looking out for myself. That's why I don't serve nobody. I don't appreciate nothing. But you know what it boils down to, right? It boils down to who's your audience. Are you trying to please the people in your home? Or are you trying to please the God in your heart? And For many of us, we're so wrapped up and tied up and tangled up into trying to please the people in our home, if we're trying to please anybody, that we're not concerned about the God in our heart. And the problem with that is when you no longer want to please the people in your home, you look to pleasing you. And a lot of times in struggles in families, the Holy Spirit is just looking for a way to get in. See, God's got to have somebody in the home to work through. And if he's acting crazy and she's acting crazy and the kid's acting crazy, God is sitting there going, I want to fix this. But y'all got to give me somebody that I can work through. Somebody has to lay down their right to fight. Somebody has to give up their right to be right. Somebody has to humble themselves and in lowliness of mind just say, you know what, I'm not fighting no longer. Holy Spirit, you can use me. And I'm going to serve regardless of what they're doing. I'm going to humble myself and be the husband or the wife that I'm supposed to be regardless of what they're doing. And I'm not yielding to them, but I'm yielding to them, Holy Spirit, as I'm yielding to you. Because I understand that if my marriage, if my relationship has any chance, you have to do it because we too crazy to get it together. A lot of times on messages like this, single people be sitting there like either, man, I came to church for nothing today, or I'm so glad he getting on them married people, or that's just why I ain't married. But here's the deal for you, single people, I didn't forget about you. This applies to you too. How, pastor? Go to Colossians 2, 8 through 10. Watch this. Beware lest anyone, what's that next word? Cheat. Lest anyone what? Cheat. Cheat you through philosophy and empty what? According to the tradition of who? Men. Men. According to the basic principles of the what? And not according to who? He says, don't let nobody deceive you. With philosophy and deceit, stuff that men come up with. 
and that Christ doesn't come up with. Watch what he says. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10. Here's the key part. And you are, what's that next word? Complete. You are what? Complete. Complete. Single people, listen to me. Stop saying. Stop telling yourself. And if nothing else, please stop telling your pastor. I'm just waiting for God to send me somebody to complete me. <laughs> My life is going pretty good, but I just need that partner to complete me. That's empty deceit and vain philosophy. If you are in Christ, you are already complete. You don't need nobody to complete you. You are complete in him already. So why are you around here looking for somebody to complete you? And let me tell you this, buckle up. Because maybe the reason why God ain't sent you nobody to complete you is because you're assigning to them a task that only God can do. And because you think they complete you, that they become an idol between you and God. How you know, Pastor? Because every time you start dating somebody else, God goes out the window and you quit showing up to church. Because me and Bay going to the lakefront today. We didn't make it to church because me and Bay went to the blues festival. He just completes me. God is going, I'm the one who completes you. And the reason why you and Bay don't never work out is because you always put Bay before me because you looking for Bay to complete you. Oh, you know, I'm single pastor and that's the desire of my heart. What should I do? Number one, go back to the verse four, Philippians 2 verse 4. Watch what it says. Let each of you look out not only for his own what, but also for the interest of who? Single people. Others include your kids too. If you single and got kids, this others includes them. And too many single people are so busy trying to get hooked up that they're not looking out for the interests of their children. You're you so busy looking for Mr. or Mrs. Wright that your kids don't get none of your extra time. Putting them in situations that you know they shouldn't be in. Saddest thing ever witnessed in my life was a little boy who came up to me and told me about his new daddy. Because his other daddy had left. 
and the one before the daddy before that this and the daddy why does this child have so baby you need to go to Maury no you need to stop dating so many people bringing them in over your kids look out for their interests protect them don't be so wrapped up in you that your kids have to pay the price on your search for peace. Ooh. It's tight, but it's right. Look out for the other interests of others. What else, single people? Look out for the interests of the spouse you want. Pastor, how in the world do I look out for the interests of a spouse that I don't have yet? This is how you do it, and I've said this before. Instead of looking for the right one, work on becoming the right one. See, the question ain't, will I ever find the right one? The question is, am I the one that the right one is looking for? Because even if the right one find you, but you... If it's the right one, see, let me tell you what we do a lot of times. A lot of times we put expectations on people, single people that we're looking for, that we ourselves not willing to meet. Why are you looking for somebody with good credit when yours jacked up? <laughs> you want to mess up theirs too? <laughs> You talking about you looking for a family person. You in the club every night. <laughs> Work on becoming the person that the right person is what? Looking for. That's what you do. Look out for their interests right what? And there are a whole lot of other places that I could go with that. But if you want to know, come ask me after church. Because it's real, real messy. And I don't feel like getting that messy today. I prayed this morning. And I said, Lord, I'm going to be good. Just one? Y'all want me to give y'all just one? The right person ain't looking for the person who been with all the other right people. Hello, somebody. Look out for the interest of the person you're going to be with. You, you want that person to be proud to call you theirs. I'm going to move on. Y'all want me to go back to married people? <laughs> Look, the single people say, yes, please, pastor. Come on, give me a, pull up, pull up, pull up uh, Philippians again. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than who? Listen, 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 folks. You got to look out for other people. Somebody's got to lay down their right to be right. Notice what Jesus says in Luke 17, 33. He says, whoever seeks to save his life will what? And whoever loses his life will do what? 
You know why you're losing your marriage? Because you're trying everything you want to do to save it. You're trying to keep it through control. You're trying to keep it through dictation. You're trying to keep your relationship with your kids through manipulation. And what God says is you got to lose your idea of how to keep what you're trying to hold on to. The question is, who do you trust? Do you trust you or do you trust God? Because in God's economy, the way to gain is to lose. Uh, the way to keep what you have is to surrender what you have to God. That means that my ideas about how to keep my stuff, I got to let them go. And I got to just do what God told me to do. And I hear what you're saying, Pastor, I'm already beat up. I'm, I'm already holding on to what I got just barely. I'm already scratching and clawing and doing everything I can to have some kind of significance in my relationship because I've, I've just been overlooked and underserved so much. And I'm afraid that if I do what you're telling me to do, it's only going to get worse because my husband, my wife, my children have already showed me that they have a reckless disregard for who I am and what I need out of the relationship. I go back to my first question. Do you trust them with what you need? Or do you trust God? Because I suspect the reason why you keep coming up short is because you putting your trust in man. You putting your trust in who you're in a relationship with. And God says, when you surrender it all to me, when you let it go and just make up in your mind, I'm going to do it his way, like he says do it, whether I can see how it's going to work out or not. When you get in your mind that you're going to do that, then you watch me work in you and through you. And just like I saved you, I'll save your spouse. Just like I delivered you, I'll deliver your spouse. Just like I focus you on meeting their needs, I'll focus them on meeting your needs. I'll work in their hearts just like I work in yours. But it only comes when you give up on your ideas for how to make it work. Come on and bow your heads. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for who you are. Lord, now I just pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. That we would become people, Father, who choose to 